0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Thursday. Good to be with you. Um, all right, so the Texans are going to be going free agency shopping pretty soon. My guess is they're – I don't know what the rules are about talking to agents and things like that already, but I guarantee you they've got a big board of guys that they're looking at, and they've got what they think a good value on these guys would be. Um, CBSSports.com, Seth, Cody Benjamin put together – a list of top free agents. They have 20 free agents that played in the playoffs this year. So some vets from playoff teams that, that um, that'll be free agents and where they could land. And I would say that there is a very Texans flavor to this because there's two Texans on this list both of whom wind up back with the Texans that I'll get to oh. in just a second. Yeah, That's yeah, nice yeah. of the
3: hypothetical football guys. Hypothetical. Yeah. Now,
2: they've got no they, – they don't have any contract projections or anything like that. They just have the team they're projected to go to. I'll get to the two free agents for the Texans because they have many that wind up going back to the Texans. The one that has the most people excited when they read this that I've seen, and this may be one of those things where the same way you get excited when you've buy a Porsche and it gets dropped into your driveway and you're doing it, you know, on a on on a an hourly wage. You're like, oh, this is amazing. I love this car. Bro, you can't afford this. Um we'll or if you win a
3: por- if you win a Porsche in a contest and then you realize you gotta pay taxes on taxes it. Taxes. You're it. like, oh yeah.
2: crap. Wait a minute. Yeah, all those yeah, things Yeah,
3: yeah. No, you gotta pay income tax on that. I know on you do, that yeah, Porsche. that and, yeah. It, right, yeah. and
2: everything that goes with it. Right, right, yeah. right. Um the um Mike Evans they project the Houston Texans as the landing spot for Mike Evans. Here's what they say: No doub-
3: Pelicans game last night. By the way,
2: oh, was he? Okay, yeah, oh, that's a good, yeah, that's he's a good. court
3: side. yeah, he's uh, he's a Houstonian, a Galvestonian.
2: Did they show him on? Do we know if they showed him on the jumbotron? <laughs> I don't know if they saw him. I, I saw a picture of him uh, on social
3: media okay. sitting courtside. I'll, but I didn't t- know. I'll it's, text Vanessa uh, yeah. or
2: somebody and find yeah. out. That would have been oh boy, I didn't get to see the whole game. That's where you send Vanessa over to talk to him, you know, like Vanessa Richardson, mm-hmm. the sideline reporter. She would have asked the tough questions.
3: And she's plugged in. Like, Vanessa doesn't obviously do just basketball and baseball. She right, does, right. She knows everything. She knows everything. She's one of the few. She's in a Wikipedia, actually, is one of the actual, um, like, quality people to come out of the state of Indiana ever.
2: <laughs> There's a Wikipedia page for that? They call it the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> yeah. There's, <laughs> There's like the 13 people. that
3: left because they couldn't stand the stench. There you go. Yeah.
2: Um, here's what Apologies
3: they, to your family, uh, uh, Vanessa.
2: I here's say. what they say about Mike Evans in this article. Um, no doubt the Bucs would like the future Hall of Famer back, especially if Baker Mayfield also returns. But Texas is home for the star, and old friend Tom Brady would likely put in put a good word in for C.J. Stroud in Houston. Now, that's interesting, where the AFC South's up-and-coming contenders are primed to spend big for a deeper playoff push. Right? That's a separate tie. Are they going to are they gonna spend big... For a deeper playoff push. I like, that's an interesting notion by Cody Benjamin, Seth, that the Tom Brady connection, that Tom Brady has kind of had this sort of connection with C.J. Stroud in the offseason, that Stroud is, that Brady's become a bit of a resource for Stroud, going yeah. on that podcast, being at yeah. the, the Michael Rubin parties that that Brady's at. I'm assuming they yeah. have each other's cell phone numbers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. that Brady would be the one to provide a positive reference for C.J. Stroud to Mike Evans. That's an interesting notion to me.
3: Brady would be the one to po- provide a positive reference to Mike Evans. Hmm. Yeah. Um. And does he need that? I don't know. I think Mike Evans – like, ultimately, Mike I, – I don't, I don't think Mike Evans needs any convincing on C.J. Stroud. Yeah. I think he's going to have – uh, however however much he's dealt with him personally and whatever he hears about him or reads about him or sees about him, he's <laughs> yeah, going to really like it. There's plenty of yeah.
2: material out there on CJ Yeah,
3: Stroud. Yeah, there really isn't. I honestly – I don't know. I don't think there's a single bit that we have to worry about. It, I guarantee you if Mike Evans doesn't end up with the Texans, it will have zero to do with him not thinking CJ right. Stroud is worth playing with. Yeah. I think really it needs to be more about, okay, like apparently, I guess yeah, I guess some people got worked up over me yesterday saying that I didn't think the Texans—they're not yet a legitimately good offense—which I feel like that that wasn't meant to be a hot take. That's just a, a fact. Like they're middle of the road in terms of scoring football points. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's an important thing on being an offense. Well, and I think, but yeah. well, you know,
2: one of t- a couple things. One, people are going to get triggered when you say the Texans th- at right now are not good at something that right. that, that, yeah. that I think they're perceived to be good at because of CJ. Perceived, yeah. Okay. I'm with, i I think what the other thing is. What you just did? The, to provide a definite. What do you think is a definition of a good offense? You, you just said they, they're not among the top scoring offenses. Better than
3: like fifteenth in scoring. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: There's probably people that don't realize they weren't in the top half right. in scoring. You know.
3: And um, like I think, and there are reasons that they they could have been higher, but weren't. But the fact of the matter was, they just they, they are not yet a genuinely. Um, uh, like, above-average scoring offense. Yeah. You know, it, they, they just flat-out aren't. Tank Dell coming back and other things. I'm very optimistic about them. I just don't even think that. Like, I don't think it's debatable. What regardless. Is, what, what, real, real quick, what is good? What I is, would say, look, okay, at the very least, like, in the top third. Okay. And I still personally, I wouldn't think that. But, like, at least that's above – that's definitively above average. For sure. Top, qu- top quarter for most things. I'm like, all right, they're genuinely good. If you're in the top eight of something, like, okay, you yeah, you got a very solid – whatever whatever rank you're talking cool. about um but the so the big thing is the rushing offense being credible uh, to some degree and you know what else are you doing with the rest of the team I think that's what Evans is going to want to know but between D'Amico and CJ those would be the two biggest factors I think Mike Evans probably already loves both those guys
2: probably so probably you so know? Um, text message. Mike Evans is washed up. Why would we get him? He's big and slow. What are you talking about? He's,
3: yeah, that's a that's a bad take. <laughs> that's
2: a horrible take. Now he 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 did it down the stretch and in the postseason. He had a couple drops. Um, yeah, but did, that's a, that's been him his entire career. Yeah, yeah. Like he, it, you know
3: what he also did? He had some incredible catches. He too. did. No, he he he's always been that guy that like um is like will make these incredibly difficult catches, but then drop some of the easy ones.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The two free agents on this list that are Houston Texans that they wind up keeping. uh, First one, Devin Singletary. And Cody Benjamin says this, Seth, while Damian Pierce was an anticipated workhorse for Houston, Singletary ended up leading the backfield into the playoffs. It makes sense that both he and the Texans would be up for a modest reunion on an ascending offense. So Devin Singletary back with the Texans. Which I would be fine with as long as he's part of a running back room that is fully upgraded, and not mm-hmm. the guy who's going to come in and have to carry the ball twenty-two times for you to win games again this year. No, I think
3: it's it's going to be Devin Singletary and plus somebody else. Yeah, um, I like. I don't. i I think there's a chance Damian Pierce gets traded to a team that perhaps uh, the running style suits uh, better. And by that, I just mean more more. Man blocking schemes than zone blocking schemes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not even a criticism of Damian Pierce. It's just some. Some players do better in different schemes and Damian was very honest with both you and Clint about just how hard it's been for him to adapt to this scheme. Yeah, So I think there's a good chance that there's teams out there that would would want to trade for Damian Pierce and still think he has value. But I don't think you can go into this offseason thinking that like okay, uh, he's one of the key elements. You got to find somebody else to to put alongside him.
2: The other free agent on this list that that Cody Benjamin has coming back to the Texans yeah. And I'll say this, Dalton Schultz is not on this list, so he's not on this list of 20 free agents. That would have been the one I might have guessed. Sheldon Rankins, the former Saints vet, posted some of his best career marks under D'Amico Ryans in Houston. While the Texans have other positions to address, another go-around makes sense for both parties now that the playoffs are in sight. Now, I'll point out, Sheldon Rankins made pretty decent coin this year. He made almost $10 million bucks, so he was not... Yeah. He, Devin Singletary was cheap. He was under $3 million bucks. Sheldon Rankins... Was ten million bucks and is probably looking for a raise. And I guess that would be my question, Seth. Like I, I, you know, look if you bring back Sheldon Rankins at whatever the price is, he's a good player. That's great. I like. Can you run it back? If you're doing that, you're running it back with this defense. Well, and you got Grenard. You got to worry about too, I suppose. Can you run it back with this interior of the defensive line? Yeah, yeah,
3: look, the the interior got better as the season went along and like figuring out how to play, how exactly to play run defense in this defense, which yeah. is tricky sometimes when you're a defense that's, that's predicated on really penetrating and getting upfield, it's hard to take guys that you're asking to do that to then also anchor down versus double teams. And I thought both Malik Collins and Sheldon Rankins did much better in that regard than I expected them to, and they got better at it as the season went along. Um, I'd, I'd be... A-OK with Sheldon Rankins coming back. The, the one thing, somebody asked yesterday, does a wide nine defense um, struggle versus the run? Not necessarily. But what a wide nine defense, which is D'Amico's defense, it means those defensive ends line up cocked outside wide a lot. So what it does is it funnels all the runs to the inside. It makes it really hard for the linebackers to both play their pass responsibilities and stop the run. And we saw that. We saw how much the Texans struggled with... Um, it was like almost an either-or proposition. If they were going to stop the run, they would get eviscerated by play action. If they were going to take away the pass, like in the Colts game, they got shredded by the run. So it's not it's not necessarily that it's hard to stop the run, but they need better overall linebacker play. I don't think the defensive line is nearly the issue in some of the issues that need to get better. They need, they need at least one. They need Christian Harris to continue to develop and become like a genuinely bona fide stud and they need another stud next to him in, in this defense. And mm-hmm. I think then you're going to feel a lot better. Like, I don't know, Patrick Queen or whatnot.
2: Um, yeah, he's out there for sure. Um, they have Patrick Queen going to the commanders, by the way. Uh, so they have him leaving the Ravens, but he goes to the Commanders in this without a coach. In no this way. Exercise, no way he goes
3: to a team with no coach. I don't
2: know. Maybe he could run hog wild in there with no guidance. You know, like that's, <laughs> you gonna
3: know let the players. call? I you could run like, rough Bullers. shot over this place. I do a head coach. I could run rough shot over this place. Which coach is gonna have the gonads to let AI coach his team? You know. <laughs>
2: That's the true pioneer right there. You
3: can't get mad at the artificial intelligence. No, nope. like, like the artificial intelligence is going to make a decision on your playtime or what have you. Take it up with a computer. Yeah. That's all, like, you can't, you can't, you can't grouse to the media about it or anything. It's yeah. not going to be affected by it.
2: You brought up AI. Do you want me to bring this up now? My little personality profile that they did on me yesterday. Yeah,
3: I want to hear what the okay. the the cloud. So we of had,
2: you we had a we had a meeting up here yesterday, and we had a a presenter who is a founder of a company. It's like pushing forward the future of audio and part of that is AI, you know, involved with stations like ours and things like that. You know, where does AI fit in the, in the world of not only on air, but sales, like the back office stuff. Like AI, and if you, look, if you work out in the corporate world, AI is a big part of what everybody's doing these days. This particular company has a tool where they can use profiles of you on the internet and communication they see from you and so forth. I won't go too deep a dive on that. But they will they will put out a they, they will spit out a one pager on you or on a on a on a prospect, let's say. Like you can go to this company and say, Hey, I'm meeting with so and so next week to yeah. talk about a deal. You know, he's the CEO of XYZ company, and they can go get all sorts of examples of communication on the internet from that person and profiles of them and spit out a personality page, they call it, where it tells you it tells you like kind of how what makes them tick, like how they yeah. like to be communicated with. So they spit one of these out for a few of us at the meetings. So if someone were to go meet with me to try to sell to me, this yeah. is what the – this is what Based
3: the, on things they found online about Online, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, this is what comes naturally to Sean. These are the first two okay. bullet points. Um, he is not the quickest decision maker. His hmm. friendly attitude could be misleading. <laughs> what the hell? His friendly attitude could be – you two-faced SOB. I had no idea. You ready? You vindictive son of a, yeah. He can accept limited risks, ones that he thinks will not impact him personally. <laughs> Are you Jack Easterby? I don't know. <laughs> you sound like a political uh, yeah. uh,
3: assassin. Right. You're, uh, no kidding. Wow. It gives... So, you present a, so you're, you're, you've got a friendly d- demeanor, yeah. but you can't trust Dude. it, and that you're going to accept risks, but only thought, if, no, if you Easterby. don't have skin in the game. Let me read yeah. this again.
2: Not the quickest decision maker, friendly attitude could be misleading, accepting limited risks that think will not impact him personally.
3: Um I honestly I'm going to say this. I don't think I don't think that an AI assessment of you based on things on the internet is going to be accurate because you have a you like many people, like almost everybody. You are uh your your Twitter or your X.com persona, yeah. like how you end up acting on there is not how you are like in your Dealings with other people. Interpersonal. Like in your interpersonal. Like like in a lot of ways in social media, you either are, you know, sometimes you're the best version of yourself, sometimes you're the absolute worst version of yourself. Not you, Sean, just anybody (laughs) at all. What are you saying? So there's a certain abrasiveness that you're going to have on social media where they might think, like, wow, AI might look at you and think, not that it's thinking, but might think, like, wow. a lot of friendly, uh, very nice in a lot of regards. Yeah. Uh, seems pretty jovial and whatnot, but man, he's just vicious at times. Yeah. Like when you're talking about uh, Jalen Green or something. Maybe,
2: maybe. And I don't, to be clear, I don't know if they use Twitter as part of the algorithm or not, but it's a fair point because, you know, any communication out there may not be an indicator. Yeah. Um. The three, the three descriptors they have for me, tell me if these are accurate. Imaginative, big picture person, informal. That I think is accurate. That, I think, is accurate for me. I don't know if you agree. i got
3: to be honest with you. That feels a little bit like when they they demonstrate how fortune tellers are frauds, where they basically, um, or sometimes astrological uh, descriptions are frauds, where they give the exact same description to, like, 20 people in a room. And saying it was made just for them, and all twenty of them were like, "God, they nailed it! They absolutely nailed it!" I don't know, yeah, like, okay, big picture guy. Okay, who's gonna who's gonna not think they're a big picture person? Do
2: do's, real quick do's and don'ts when meeting me. You ready? Yeah. Do some small talk. Ask them how things are going. Okay. Uh, talk anecdotally about the customer experience that your product offers. Okay. That's accurate. That's a, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> talk about, talk about their team and how your product will help them do things better and easier. Well, yeah, I think those are, I think those are natural yeah. do's for almost everybody. Um, don'ts.
3: Okay. Don't, okay that's a, okay. Yeah, I want to hear the don'ts. Because don't. those are, yeah, everybody should do that last
2: Don't okay. push them to make a decision too fast. Let them get comfortable first.
3: Okay. So that feels like, that's advice, uh, Taylor, just for that sounds like obvious advice, but it seems like for some Taylor, reason for they me. think that you need to be reminded yeah, of that.
2: Okay. Well, that whoever's talking to me needs to be reminded that that's how I make decisions. Yeah, oh, I, oh, I, I'm the prospect. Okay, I got gotcha. you. OK, yeah, so don't I, be pushy with Sean. Don't P. be pushy with me. Right. right. Oh, OK. 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 Got you. Right. Right. Avoid overloading them with too much detail. <laughs>
3: Don't overload. He's a big picture guy. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. Sean Pendergast is a big picture guy. <laughs> yes. Don't overload him with too much detail. Right, he right, He hates right. details. Okay. Avoid
2: ifs and buts. Don't talk too much about the risks, etc. Boy, this this thing thinks that I am just one like like cowering non-risk. This person's never this this uh robotic person has never sat yeah. with me at a blackjack table before.
3: Yeah. So they're, they they think that you're risk averse. Yeah. That you hate details and you don't want to be pressured into anything. Right, right, right. Okay.
1: (laughs) I
2: I don't know. I I have a hard time,
3: I guess. I don't know if that's – we need the text line to tell us whether that's accurate Yes, though, the
2: biggest thing that I want to know is accurate is, is my friendly attitude misleading? Am I a fraud? Is
3: friendly attitude misleading? Am I
2: phony? Am I only taking risks that impact other people and not me? That's the big thing I came away with, Seth
3: boy, this Sean Pendergast sure seemed friendly yeah. when we met him at the luncheon. Right. And so basically, AI is your buddy being like, uh, eh, let's pump the brakes on <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, easy, easy,
2: easy, easy, yeah. You guy's
3: talking smack about us right now this or guy, secretly this guy walks, he's secretly working to undermine us. Walks
2: old ladies across the street and then just goes sprinting off to the curb while they're in the middle of the street.
3: Or picks this their guy. pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, dude, lifts, uh, lifts their mortgage off of them. Is yeah. this
2: accurate? Is my friendly attitude... Misleading. Deshaun seem two faced. Everybody, right, right. Weigh right. in on the text that's line seven one three five seven two four six nine. Deshaun
3: two faced like AI says he is. Up
2: next, uh, let's do a petty cast. Seth and I like to do this. We like to take pleasure in the pain me I, I'm I mean I'm Sean Pendergast yeah. am I possibly
3: friendly but actually mean underneath up next the petty the, the cast, petty cast.
2: <laughs> but it's mostly Seth that's petty in this whole <laughs> thing
3: I came up with the idea yeah, it's yeah. true I'm the one that admits to being petty that's right Sean doesn't
2: admit to I it don't. Yeah. I'm two-faced. I don't I'm two faced I let Seth take all the bullets um, the Jets there is an article out about the Jets that we are going to take great pleasure in all the dysfunction going on with Aaron Rodgers and Robert Sala that is now.
0: call from mom
4: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast.
2: All right, Pedicast. We're going to do a Pedicast here real quick. Big, big article from The uh, Athletic on the New York Jets. A Texans opponent for next year. So there's a relevant tie. They're going to get Aaron Rodgers back. Presumably for more than four snaps next year. But is this just a disaster waiting to happen next season? This Athletic article was written by Diana Rossini and the, I believe the beat writer for the Athletic for the Jets, uh, Zach Rosenblatt. And boy, it outlines... Seth, it outlines a lot of dysfunction here. Well, a lot of dysfunction... And when you cite thirty sources in and around the organization, you're you're bound to dredge up something. Thirty, 30 sources, thirty. It is a well-sourced 30. article. I will say it was that. a
3: well-sourced article, and they just uh, the the Jets just let go of uh, a coach yesterday. Okay, too. <laughs> it was, uh, which uh, leads to a lot of speculation about whether or not um, the whether or not the you know. The, maybe that guy was identified as one of the leaks oh, or whatever. Oh,
2: yeah. he's a rat. He was a mole. Yeah, yeah, who knows, who knows. What were your favorite things from this article?
3: Okay. Um I yeah, like I'll say up front, I do think that a lot of it, it, it a lot of it wasn't as juicy as I thought it might be. Okay. Um the most the juiciest part of it is that there's there are quotes from people inside the building talking about what a mess it is and all of that. Um but ultimately, so before we talk about some of the juiciness it sounds like when Rodgers came back at the end of the year, it was it did have a stabilizing effect. Like people almost like did think about like okay, maybe this is something we, we can we can rally behind. But a lot of it is just the um like what a mess it looks like with Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. Like this, this is where I look. I think that Aaron Rodgers might come back and be really really good again as long as his Achilles tendon is healed. I would still worry about his health because of his age. But um, it seems like. Uh, this is a team that ended up almost being 500 despite not having Aaron Rodgers the entire year. The defense is really good, but the, the picture that emerges of Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, <laughs> is one that sounds exactly like Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach of the Denver Broncos. They led the league in pre-snap penalties, so Sean Payton was dead on uh, on how, how responsible Nathaniel Hackett was for all of that last year. I was... I was a little skeptical because Sean Payton hasn't been the best with pre-snap penalties the last couple years either. But Nathaniel Hackett is just the absolute worst. There's there were stories in here that Nathaniel Hackett will meet like with a couple of his coaches uh, in in game planning, and then at the very last minute, like clue everybody else in. And that it just seems like a disorganized mess of a situation. And this is Aaron Rodgers' chosen dude. He just loves him. Rodgers'
2: buddy, basically. He's fun to have around.
3: Yeah, look, it feels a lot like a team that might be doing, like, 19 out of 20 things correctly, Mm -hmm. but that 20th thing is so glaringly bad, and it's that they're letting Aaron Rodgers control way too many things. And, like, Aaron Rodgers Rodgers needs to be limited somehow, but I, I get the sense that they must feel... Too ner- like they don't want to be the Green Bay Packers. Right. And you know, get like if you don't if you don't bow down to Aaron Rodgers, then it's gonna get really ugly really fast.
2: Yeah. Um the okay, just real quick on this hackett thing. Like yeah. if somebody had told you like pretend you didn't watch a single minute of Texans football this year. You don't know what their record ended up being. But the only two facts you know about the season were they lost to Carolina, winless Carolina in week eight. Right. And, and Nathaniel Hackett out coached the hell out of D'Amico Ryan's in a game. Yeah, yeah, that's that, the
3: biggest thing. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I was thinking about that the whole time. Like, I got to be careful on how much I'm like yes. how petty I get about this. They really took the they beat the snot out of the Texans. They beat the snot ultimately. out of the Texans.
2: If those are the yeah. only two things you knew about the Texans season. I would have been like, they 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 finished two and fifteen. Like, yeah, like that. That's a bad football team. Nope, ten and seven won a playoff game by thirty one points. Like, it's crazy. So, um. Boy, the solace stuff in here is really interesting, too. Yeah, the solace stuff and how he responded to all this. This yeah. is
3: where I honestly, I came out of this. I came out of this article thinking, yeah, there's a lot of dysfunction in here. And yet, it's so clearly and obviously tied to the fact that everything hinges on Aaron Rodgers. Yep. So, like, this is what happens on losing NFL teams. They Like, there's... I guess I read everything in this article. I'm like, yeah, this, this tracks. Like, this, is, this happens on winning team. It's, you've got an organization full of hyper-competitive alpha males. And, like, there's always dysfunction. Every single team in the league, at various times, you can look at it, whether it's the current 49ers or the Patriots when they were winning Super Bowls. And you're like, yeah, that looks like an organization that's, um, that's run by a bunch of dudes that might not be great at communicating. <laughs> yes. And everything. You know, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Robert Sala... It sounds like the leaks really started to get to him. There was uh, the, the reports about Zach Wilson's reluctance to play. That was a big reported, one. Reportedly sent Sala into a tailspin. The coach held a meeting with his staff two days later where he asked the leaker to reveal himself, according to multiple people in attendance. If you come forward now, you won't get in trouble. Jeez. <laughs> he told them while well, threatening to take their cell phones. Wow, that's paranoia right there. It's paranoia, but now think about this. I don't know. Is it paranoia when there are leaks? If somebody's out, if yeah. are you paranoid if somebody is indeed out to get you? So if like people are leaking stories about the organization, is it actually paranoia? I guess. Or is, with, with
2: yeah. me, I mean, was it? It was a meeting with his with his coaches. I, it you know, was this
3: meeting with uh, with staffers, okay. uh, which multiple of whom would go on to talk to Diana Rossini about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. like, I mean, is he paranoid or is he just responding uh, like extremely to the paranoia? I guess
2: the extreme thing would be his presumption is that it is definitely somebody in this room, you know, like it yeah. is it, where, where it's a big building, it could be a lot of people, you know.
3: Well, or that, uh, yeah, I, I don't. Well, people in that meeting did just relay this story to yeah. the reporters, yeah, so I yeah. think there's probably a good chance, yeah, sure. Um, sure. I, I like this is where I don't know, I think part of it is like the just. Old the old way versus the new way. Yeah. I think in NFL organizations now, I think a lot of coaches have just kind of given up the expectations of secrecy. Mm-hmm. I think they're just like, yeah, there's going to be leaks. What are you going to do? Right, like, and you just got to deal with it. So I guess Salah and, and handling it that way, might come off a little psychotic, or he might just come off like a guy that's genuinely getting screwed over by people who are leaking stories.
2: In the spirit of the petty cast, yeah, we are just glad that this is not the Houston Texans.
3: I'm a hundred percent glad it's not the Houston Texans. Yes, 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 yes yeah. I'm a, I'm a hundred percent glad about that.
2: Um, okay. <laughs> now people are weighing in on whether I'm a phony or not.
3: Yeah, so uh, artificial intelligence basically looked at all the information available and dis- decided that Sean might seem friendly, but just watch
2: your back. My friendly that's a, attitude. That was a, that's what it said, right? It, okay. said, it said, they are not, they being me, Sean is not the quickest decision maker. His friendly attitude could be misleading. Yeah. There's a lot of people weighing in on this, Seth. Um, they liked your line where you asked me if I was Jack Easterby. There's a lot of people that really like that line. Sean Easterby Pendergast. I knew it. Um, Sean seems friendly but is a real a-hole. That's a weigh-in on the text page. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: no other explanation or anything? Okay. Just, uh... no, that's
2: it. Um, <laughs> not even an LOL afterwards. Like you, you know enough. Uh, Okay, these are the ones I choose to kind of cling to. Uh, there's a texture who said, that's a classic CEO personality type. Oh, um, congratulations. There's one that goes into a little more detail. And this one I choose to believe as well. Um, this person says, this person's a leadership coach. And they say that they use assessments as a leadership coach. What, uh, what my friendly attitude might be misleading means is that you may seem to be a people person, but you're very task-oriented, outcome-oriented, as opposed to relationship-oriented, not saying this is correct, just saying that's what language like that means in assessments. Oh, okay. Oh, all
3: right. So uh, it oh, you like t- might just uh, maybe it's almost like don't underestimate him, right? Uh, just because he's a friendly fella, right? He's yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. I always forget in a business setting, especially, yeah, you know, people don't people don't necessarily respect you if you think you're too friendly. Yeah, yeah. Just a big old dumb happy idiot it's here to yeah. get the
2: job done man
3: sean might seem like a big dumb happy idiot right. but he can actually buckle down
2: okay and then now here comes middle screen literally everyone knows that sean might act like a really nice person to you in person never would say bad things about you behind your back or backstab you <laughs> uh or backstab Are, you and is genuinely happy for you when good things happens but he's actually a d am i gonna yeah. say
0: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
3: He's actually a D, yeah. Um, Does you he say you're genuinely happy when things happen?
2: I am, uh, yeah, too? I think so. I, I think, And I think he's being – I can never tell with middle screen if he's being serious do you ever, or
3: not. Do you ever find yourself – tell me if this is uh, – common or if this is just me being a genuine jerk. There's times where I feel like, wow, I really should be happy for this person, but I'm I can't feel it. Like I don't feel it. I don't feel the happiness for them. Even a, I don't feel bad about it or vindictive or anything. But I just don't like uh, get that glow inside me. Sometimes you feel happy for somebody and their success. So I wonder if I'm not feeling that glow when somebody has success or something. Is that actually? Is that actually a form of envy? Mm. Even though I don't actually feel like I, I can, I've examined myself. I don't feel ill will towards them or anything. Yeah. I just don't, I don't participate in the joy.
2: I think if the person's genuinely not a good person and you're not happy for them, like I think some of it may have to do with no, the no, person. No, it's,
3: I only think about it when it's somebody that like, that I like. should feel happy for that person, oh, okay. but I'm just kind of neutral about it. Yeah. yeah with me, know.
2: when I feel that way, it's usually envy. It's usually. Yeah. Envy. Yeah. Maybe yeah.
3: I'm just in denial about the envy. Possibly.
2: Possibly. Maybe some you should, it. they need to run one of the, okay, I'm going to request one of these on you.
3: Yeah, one of these profiles. So I'm not. I so I haven't. Like I, uh, I've, I've from a young age. I did. Well, actually, you know what, Dick? You remember Dick Duran? Yes, I do. The coach of the Bears. Yep. And the Bills. Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, he was the first defensive coordinator I had in the NFL, and I remember talking to him once, and it was like a, it was something that was foreign to me. He said one of the big lessons, like one of the the very, very biggest lessons that his father would drill into their heads growing up was to never be jealous and to never feel envy. And it, like I don't know if I'd ever had a conversation with any of my guardians about envy or anything. Right. So I started like examining myself for that, and realized over time, like, oh yeah, I'm a jealous sob <laughs> at times. I'm a vindictive <laughs> yeah. jerk. I realized. So I've, I've really worked at it for like 20 years on trying to squash it, and maybe I've maybe I've done a good job of just hiding it, but it, that it's still there. Yeah. Huh.
2: I don't know. I mean, yeah. You reach a stage in life where this is just who you are, you know, this is how I'm wired. It's tough to change the way you're wired, man. Oh, nice
3: that you can have such a philosophical view of it, Sean. <laughs> are you jealous? Aren't of you me? special are and you, elevated? Are you happy
2: for me? Aren't you are just you, the best person? Are you, you happy for me, at least outwardly, <laughs> that I have such a good view on life? I'm, Seth.
3: I'm happy that you might be CEO material. Maybe. Maybe I feel like it means good things for me. It could be, I'll bring you along. With me. I'll bring
2: you along with me. you'll be my Nathaniel Hackett.
3: <laughs> I would love to see you like in a big, um, I'd like to see you be uh, anachronistic CEO. Like you would, uh, like you,
2: you would, you would be wearing a three piece suit Old school. with like
3: a pocket watch with a chain yes. and a big cigar smoking yes. in public places. And yeah, that's yeah. what
2: anachronistic means kids. Yes. Old school. <laughs> yes. All right. Pain and pet. Boy, the texts are coming in. We'll read more of these. All right. Um, <laughs> the I want to circle back to free agency. I was listening to Area 45 last night, our new night show, Patrick Creighton and Sean Bajani. It was a fun listen. Amy and I were listening when we were driving home from dinner last night. And um, they they did a topic. And I, I think this is ultimately going to be the thing that makes Seth's head explode in free agency this year. And I think Patrick Creighton might exacerbate it, and I've got the audio for that next. (laughs) Oh, oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, we got audio. I know what this is.
1: (laughs) Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Pain and Pendergast. All right,
2: Pain and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. The texts continue to roll in. We'll get to the topic that's going to make Seth's head explode in a second. For those of you who missed it, there was a personality profile that was done on me as part of an exercise here at work, and it was using AI. And the very first line about what comes naturally to Sean, that he's not a quick decision maker and that his friendly attitude could be misleading, which has led to a lot of texts coming in about how two-faced I might be, according to this. Two-faced? Or some people are saying, no, that's a good thing. It means you're friendly outwardly, but you're all business, really. Don't mistake Sean being You're so like a friendly. mullet.
3: Yeah. You're business in the front, party in the rear. <laughs> well, no, you're vice versa. A, a you're a like-
2: reverse mullet. <laughs> I am hair
3: hanging over your eyes. That's like one of those 80s haircuts right. where you're shaved on right. the back. I'm Flock of Seagulls. Shaved the back but long in the front. I'm yeah, Flock yeah. of Seagulls is yeah. what I am. I'm party in the front, business in
2: the back. <laughs>
3: Sean likes his business in the rear, okay, if you know what I mean. Okay, all
2: right, all right now. Um, so uh, <laughs> Seth literally just slapped his own knee. <laughs> um so people are weighing in on my possible two-facedness uh, text message. <laughs> Y'all waved at me one time while you were doing the pregame show in Bud Light Plaza. Seemed in earnest to me, LOL. Yeah, that's
3: what it was, that was an Those, earnest wave.
2: When I wave to you guys out at the pregame show and I smile and I stop and take pictures, that's real, man. That's not two-faced. I'm thankful sometimes, for each and every one of you.
3: Sometimes when people... I make eye contact with uh, a lot of people and sometimes... I, I, I It's weird. I, I've been doing this... I've been doing this for a long time, yeah. um, like kind of being in the public eye, Sean. And for there's still a look that I misinterpret sometimes. And it's when somebody's trying to figure out who you are, mm-hmm. it also looks like they want to kick your ass. Yeah, it's true. Um, it really is. Like when people, I've noticed this, uh, like, like uh, just being out in public places when I, was, uh, when I was playing in the NFL at first, you'd see some guy looking at you from across the bar and you're like, oh crap, I think I'm going to have to, uh, I think this guy wants to fight me. Right. And then like- uh, two minutes later, it's some guy who's gushing over how much he loves you or whatever. Yeah. So so that happens sometimes. And I still ma- I still make the mistake of like, if they're not wearing Texans gear, I'm like, is that somebody that hates me? <laughs> or is that like a Jets fan or something? <laughs> yes. And then they bid a big smile and wave after they realize who I am. That's great. So if you see me giving you that look, it's just me uh, like uh, just waiting until you decide whether you know me or not. That's
2: right. Yeah. Um, Sean, I think AI thinks you may be two-faced because you're super friendly but you do enjoy five things we hate about other teams. Yes. And you revel in other people's misery. I don't think it's exactly true, but it's getting confused. P.S. I enjoy your commentary on other people's misery.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So yeah, I think if anything, like uh, the fact that uh, if anything, AI, because there's all that content on you out there, might just get a more... They see you like as the actual human being that you are, which is uh, you can wear many hats. Yes, you can. Uh, you can be. You can be happy. You can be friendly. You can be outgoing. But there's also a side of you that can be vindictive and petty. I'm very versatile. A, kind of an a hole. Yeah. Very
2: versatile. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Let's get to uh, the topic that I think I, I don't know if this will be the the undoing of you during free agency, Seth. I do feel like this might be the topic where you have the most divergent opinion from the. Texan fan base out there. I
3: think maybe the public at large yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll just set we'll set it up this way, which is like my free ra- my my free agent rankings. Mm-hmm. If you just go over like okay, like I looked at uh, Matt Bowen's free agency rankings on ESPN the other day. For running backs, he had uh, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, then Austin Eckler. Yep. I would put I would actually put Derrick Henry at the top of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um depending on, you know, what contracts we're talking like. I just, I assume that Derrick Henry is going to be offered a lot less and I'm cool with him at that contract because otherwise I don't want any of those other three guys at all. Um, I just flat out don't want them um, because I don't trust their, uh, I don't, I don't trust that they're going to stay healthy and consistent over the next several years. Whereas ironically enough, the 30 year old Derrick Henry, I feel better about.
2: Yeah. So you feel like even like Henry might be the cheapest, and yeah. the best option out of all these guys.
3: I, I think that I this is how I feel about running backs right now. I don't want the second contract. I don't want, I don't want that because it just so often ends up being when those guys end up going off a cliff that the guy's got to be an exception. I actually like I only give me guys on their third contract. I want to, I want to see them weather the second contract and see what kind of dudes they are. I feel like Derrick Henry is a Frank Gore. I don't. He never needs to be a bell cow again. He never needs to be the number one guy or anything. Yep. But on a on a two back backfield or a two back committee, I think he's going to be. I think if he chooses to do so, he could play five, six more years. He's just been incredibly durable, including and I include in that the season that he missed half. The yeah, season. you
2: sold me on Henry. I, I, the, the Henry option, yeah. I think, would be a good one. Um, now, couple pieces of content here that run contrary to that. Landry Locker in the loop. You can hear him. 10 to 2 every day here on sports radio 610. Um put up a poll yesterday, got over a thousand votes. Which running back do you want to be do you want to see on the Texans next season? And he has Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and other. Um, the runaway winner mm-hmm. in a landslide, Saquon Barkley, 60.5%. Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs tied at 14.7%, and then other, and I'm assuming most of the other is probably Austin Eckler. for other. 10%, 10%, which is a pretty big number for other on a poll like this. Um, But 60.5%, Seth, and that's like you said, the public at large, You know, in this poll at least, is is, is Saquon Barkley. Now, um, one other piece of content. I was listening to Area 45 on the way home last night. Amy and I went out to dinner. We're driving home. We're listening to Sean Bajani and Patrick Creighton. They were doing a tremendous job. Good topic. Talking about this. And here was... Here was uh, here were the guys talking about the running back position, and Patrick Creighton goes next level on what Saquon Barkley could be for the Houston Ooh. Texans. So I've got three names for you. Austin Eckler, mm. Saquon Barkley, mm. Derrick Henry. Oh, I know Derrick Henry's a favorite for a lot of people around here. I just worry about that dude being on the wrong side of 30 now, and he's got a lot of tread taking off those tires.
5: Look, those are three impact players. Yeah. But number one's got to be Barkley. He's the youngest. He's the most dynamic. He's, at this point, the one guy that you feel could take it to the house. Any carry, any reception. Mm -hmm. If he could just play behind a non absolute trash line (laughs) that's going to get him killed and maybe have a real quarterback for once. Yeah. Which he will if he comes here. Man. To me, I feel like Saquon coming to the Texans would be like McCaffrey going to the Niners. Everybody's like, oh, McCaffrey, he's always hurt. Why are they giving up so much? Dude, McCaffrey's been pretty damn durable playing in San Francisco where they actually have an offensive line and they have a quarterback to get him the football. Yeah. You know, coming to, coming to Houston, Saquon Barkley is going to play with the best quarterback he's ever had, probably the best receiving group he's ever had. Uh, watch him suddenly be healthy. I don't know. This Creighton guy, new to the yeah. station, is making some good points. I, like, Seth, look, no, he makes he makes
3: very very good points in yeah. terms of like upper end, top shelf. What like what's the high end there for you? Then yes, I I 100% agree with all of that. But like what we love to do as fans is ignore the salary element of it. And I just feel if I'm wrong and there's not a team out there that's willing to to give up a big contract for Saquon Barkley, then yeah, I think he's in the category of a guy that you would want. But I just think that there's too many people that get excited about that potential top end and don't realize that, all right, he's also, you know, he's coming up. He hasn't, two years ago, he averaged 3.7 yards per carry. 2022, he averaged 4.4 yards per carry. This year, he averaged 3.9 yards per carry. And you might say, well, yeah, because he's behind that bad offensive line. Right. You know, that's where, when it comes to comparing, when it comes to comparing Derrick Henry versus Saquon Barkley, Nobody's had a worse offensive line this year than Derrick Henry. It's a bad offensive I went, line. I went, yeah. Sean, I was searching for dip various offensive line rankings um, from various websites yesterday. The, the stat-heavy ones, the non-stat-heavy ones. Uh, the first four I found unanimously all had... The Tennessee Titans is the worst offensive line. Mm. And then I found a fifth one that was had them 31st. Okay. So, like, Derrick Henry's been running behind a really bad offensive line. The thing that I find interesting then, when you look at, okay, they're, they're running behind bad offensive lines. Yards after contact per attempt, Derrick Henry, despite having the most rush attempts in the league, still was... Eighth out of forty-eight running backs in yards after contact, and he was the best of these four that we're talking about here. These four potential free agents. Yeah. So he's still at the age of at the age of thirty. He was had the best yards after contact amongst these free agents. Eighth in the league, whereas all those other guys. Saquon Barkley was twenty-second in the league. Josh Jacobs was forty-fifth in the league yards after contact. Austin Eckler was thirty-seventh in the league yards after contact. The other one too is. The successful rush percentage, basically, like based on down and distance. If it's first down, if it's first down, did you get forty percent of the way to the 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 the, 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 the first down marker, yeah, yeah, second yeah. down, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Yeah. Um, Saquon Barkley, forty fifth out of forty eight when it comes wow. to successful rush percentage, okay. which meets the eyeball test, does it not? Yes. Like, Saquon Barkley is boomer bust. Yeah, he's got some nice, awesome, explosive long runs. But when he dies, he dies. And he's not necessarily going to create something out of nothing. Derrick Henry has that same issue when he's hitting the backfield. Like, yes, he's much better when he gets going. Um, but, like, I'm willing to live with that. That's the negative on him. The, he doesn't have as many negatives in my mind as a lot of the other ones with those guys, especially just if, if salary brought into it. Yeah, I
2: mean, I guess if we're taking that stat, you just had it at, like, surface value. Um Saquon Barkley puts you in second and nine and second and ten a lot. (laughs) You know, which was a big problem for this for this offense this year.
4: Yeah.
3: It's not gonna drive me crazy because I don't I honestly don't think the Texans are gonna spend big on a running back. I don't either. I, I like I don't like if you look at the history of this scheme, whether it's Arian Foster or anybody else, I think that they, you know, generally feel like they can find guys. They, it's not like they won't, you know, Shanahan has spent a first rounder on a running back, uh, Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan has traded for Christian McCaffrey, who was on a second contract. Mind you, they're not paying that second contract. They only had to pay part of that second contract, but it's not like they won't do it. I just don't think Saquon Barkley is the guy to do it for.
2: I, um, I don't think they're going to largely because I think they're going to spend their resources on the defensive side of the ball. Like, I I don't know that you're going to see a big ticket guy running back. I don't know. If you're gonna see a big ticket guy at tight end, a big ticket guy at wide receiver. I know there's an argument for I, it. Like, hey, let's surround yeah. CJ with all these weapons and be the greatest show on turf. But D'Amico, D'Amico's kind of given us the roadmap. They're gonna they're gonna invest a lot of resources on the defensive side of the ball. He said it. I I,
3: I think that the part about Derrick Henry too is that I don't I don't want to like overplay the whole coach on the field thing or anything. But he's done very very well in a in an outside run based offense and a zone running based offense. He's done very well in that. And like with Arthur Smith, that's what they're doing. A lot of the Shanahan elements there. And as a guy that can be somebody to come in and maybe stabilize things a little bit and help be a, a voice on the field for this is how it's supposed to go. The, the offensive line and the running backs have a much tighter and more and, and closer relationship in terms of reading the defense in that scheme than they might in a traditional scheme. And I, I think Derrick Henry can be a good guy to just help integrate all of that. And whatever contract he gets, if he does get injured, it's not going to crush you the way a Saquon Barkley contract would.
2: Um, We have a listener, William, who tagged, tagged me on a picture that Cody Davis posted of Mike Evans on the Jumbotron last night at the Rockets game. So he was on the Jumbotron. He was on the Jumbotron. Yeah, Cody, Cody uh, he tweeted it out and said, caught up quickly with Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans and asked about his pending free agency. Quote, I'm excited to see where I'm gonna end up. End quote. So Cody Davis remember, I, Cody Davis got a quote from Mike Evans.
3: Remember when the Texans good job, Cody. Well remember when the Texans played the Bucks in Houston, Mike Evans walked into the stadium wearing an Astros jersey. I do.
2: I do. He's H Town. Mike Evans is gonna sign man. with the Astros this offseason. I think it yeah, exactly. Can Mike Evans play outfield? Um Okay, now this is a text. This goes back to the uh, AI profile on me saying my friendly attitude could be misleading. Yeah. Text message. Sean is one of those guys that's not worried about his money and security. He's not rich, but bumps elbows with people wealthy enough that the wealthy are confused about it. (laughs) So so basically I'm bumping elbows with wealthy people who are looking at me going, Who's this freaking guy? Right <laughs> the guy that's <laughs> yeah. always around. Yeah. <laughs> Is this that Hinkman Stedman
3: fella that who's, I hear about Who's Is this something? Guy? Like I gotta stay away who from this right, fella. On, right on cue, <laughs> I get
2: a text from Wallace Marsh.
3: <laughs> My buddy. Is it Hinky Friedman? What's the name of the crypto kid? What's that crypto kid? You need to get into that. What's you know that? what? That's that uh, the 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 crypto kid there. That got Brady and everybody else. All oh, yeah, yeah, Hinkman yeah. Hickman, Freed, Freed Hickman. I forget Hicky. his name. Yeah. It's a hell of a okay. story. Yeah. Um, that could be you, though.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.